everybody. Up to this point in the series, we've talked about what evangelism is, teaching the gospel with the aim to persuade, and our personal motivations, love for the loss that flows from God's grace to us. So today, as we dive into chapter 3, we'll talk more about what that looks like specifically for our Cornerstone communities. Stiles starts this chapter quoting John 13, 35, By this all people will know that you are my disciples, if you have love for one another. And then later, John 17, that we would be unified so that the world would believe that God has sent Jesus. Then on page 71, he gives a definition of what the church is, what the church does, and the mission of the church, and follows that up by highlighting aspects of a healthy church culture, which keeps the gospel central. All good stuff, Um, but let's put that into our DCC language. For us, this comes down to us being families on mission. We talk about this in our life together, in our community primer, in our, our trainings. We talk about this outward mission in two categories, formal and informal. Formal mission in, has been where we talk about serving those outside the church for a dual purpose of expressing tangible love as an implication of the gospel with relational intentionality that we might also share with them the good news of the gospel. Now, the nature of that formal service has changed over the years, but there still remains an expectation that our communities are actively serving together in this way at least once a quarter. There are so many benefits to serving together like this, benefits internally to the community and the strength of the bonds there, as well as the good that's being done externally to those around us and the ability to have a platform for which we can share the good news. And then there's also this informal mission, which is the same heart to serve and speak the gospel to others, but without a specific event or structure around it. An example of this could be Um, let's say a family in your community has a neighbor who is a single mom. In the course of building a relationship with her and her kids, they've discovered that she has a need for childcare once a week. So the community could take this on, maybe even inviting their kids to join for the community gathering and help that family love and serve their neighbor. That's the community getting behind a missional opportunity in one of its members' lives. The strength of serving in these informal ways is that it is by nature, more personal and can be very directly impactful um, and already builds on an existing relationship. Another example of this informal uh, style, but also does kind of have an event behind it, but still falls in the second category, is to host an event together as a community and specifically invite non-Christians to join. It doesn't have to be a faith-focused discussion, although that certainly does happen and can can be effective, but it could be as simple as hosting a game night or something like it. For years, my housemates and I would host a game night in our apartment complex for the specific purpose of meeting new people and building relationships that would lead them to hearing and accepting the gospel. It was through that game night that we met Ermel, who had moved into our building the same week as one of our game nights, and we started not one but many friendships that would lead to further spiritual conversations, and eventually to Ermel expressing trust in Jesus as his Savior, taking significant steps of faith, of discipleship, becoming baptized and a beloved member of our body, and walking with others for mutual edification. In both of these cases, the formal and the informal, we're aiming for the same thing, relationships where we can teach the gospel with the aim to persuade, which happens through our intentional pursuit of others. Another important aspect that Stiles has highlighted throughout the book is the communal nature of our evangelism. Last week, we focused on our personal evangelism and modeling faithfulness to share the gospel. That all stands. 
And at the same time, we know that we're not alone in this effort because one, God is at work with us, and two, the other Christians we know should be at work with us as well. As a local body in DCC, we have, by God's grace, seen this at play in numerous testimonies. Another brother, Chris, uh, expresses his testimony this way. A friend at work and I would have conversations about God, which then led me to come to DCC on a Sunday. And from there, I was somewhat hesitant, but eventually did join a community. In community, I saw leaders who were humble and honest and hungry. They modeled godliness. I built many relationships and got into a discipleship group and a few regular one-on-one meetings with mature believers. These were the biggest help to me as I was able to go deeper beyond the surface, confessing sin and healing old wounds. My prayer life grew from these small, smaller groups. God brought me to faith and repentance through these relationships and continues to grow me more in Christ's image through them. Do you think through Chris's testimony, how many people were involved there? There's the friend at work, the community leader, the members of the community, the guys in DG, the one-on-one meetings. Without getting too formulaic, I count at least a half dozen, all in Chris's life, by God's grace to bring about God's purpose of salvation for him. What a joy it is for him and for those around him to see God at work through our body this way. It's my prayer that we would all get to see this kind of fruit from our relationships and community. This leads me to highlight another nuance. Adding to what we discussed in the last episode about evangelism as a command for all Christians, supported by the unique gifts of each. As it relates to Chris's and Hermel's stories, no single person, I mean other than Jesus, was quote-unquote responsible for sharing the gospel and seeing them come to faith. That means it's often a team effort. Over time, we will likely find that we're better at some parts of evangelism than others, and Provided we keep at it faithfully as a discipline and an implication of the Gospels in our lives, it's okay to use those strengths as part of a larger body. What I mean is this. Some of us may be really good at making relationships and then connecting those people to other Christians. Some people are really good at apologetics and addressing a non-believer's objections. Others are better at making the invitation super clear and seeing people take that ultimate step of repentance and new faith. So what does it take? For the stories of Chris and Hermel, it took at least a half dozen people faithfully sharing the good news through authentic relationships consistently over a year or more. So then, how can we learn what we do best? Well, first, we're on the lookout for opportunities. And second, we faithfully share the gospel with the aim to persuade. As Stiles said earlier in the book, evangelistic failure is better than not trying evangelism at all. It's through our faithful sharing that we grow aware of our strengths so that we can continue to use them and our weaknesses so that we can continue to grow in them. Another layer to this working itself out in community is that as we do this together, we can give each other input as we see each other exercising these steps of faith and sharing the gospel. That could be both encouragements and and affirmations as well as ways to improve and exhortations. An encouragement along these lines could be as simple as this. Sally, I always see you welcoming new people in our community and getting into a meaningful conversation about where they are in their faith. That does so much good for us as a community because we can know where they're coming from. Please keep at it. Or like this, Joe, I appreciate that you're always meeting your neighbors and bringing them with you to places where there are other Christians. Can you talk to us a bit about that so we can grow in doing the same? You know, ways to improve and exhortations can be simple. Perhaps like this, 
Justin, as you were sharing tonight, I heard you make the gospel very clear, which was awesome. I noticed that the conversation was rather one-sided, though, and I didn't hear you making a lot of invitation for uh, Joe to respond. You might have ended your sharing with a question to have him respond, maybe something like, well, what do you think about all of that? Or, I just said a lot. Is there anything you wouldn't agree with? I won't be offended. So when we do this well, we recognize the faithfulness and success of others while also helping each other grow. So this doesn't cover everything about how we live this out in community. We'll continue talking about this particular set of applications in our time next week. For now, let's pray. Father, thank you for the ways that you've used our imperfect efforts to bring people into this family. Thank you for Chris and Armel and the many others who've become part of our family through our imperfect means, but your perfect grace. God, I ask that you would do this more and more. Allow us to see you at work. Allow us to participate in that. May you grow your family through the efforts of the men and women listening this morning. I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.